Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of In Jessica's Corner. So today's topic is really based off me coming in contact with some individuals that have been struggling with this concept, or perhaps there are some individuals that I may encounter or know of that seem to be struggling with this particular situation. However, they may or may not be aware. Okay, so today's topic, simply put, is about cultivating a relationship with yourself. I feel like since birth, we are taught to appreciate, value, and nurture the relationships that we have with the individuals around us. So of course, you know, family relationships, friendships, and then of course, you know, we grow up to the desire of wanting companionship from a significant other. None of that is a problem. There's absolutely nothing wrong with establishing any of those relationships, but I think somehow, some way, the most important factor of all of those relationships has been overlooked. And so, of course, that would be your own self. There is no way that we can really identify our future if we don't understand who we are right now and who we will be at that point. Um, I can speak for myself. I feel like as a kid, I had no idea where life would take me. I had some majorly wild uh, dreams and aspirations about where life would take me. Um, I feel like I'm in a great place. I don't know if I ever once considered me being here right now um, when I was like five no idea that life would happen for me like this. So because of that, I think it's important that number one, as children, we're taught to love ourselves and make sure that relationship with self is so sturdy. And I think as we begin to grow and develop into adults, it's even more important for us to give that particular relationship a lot of our energy. So I have come up with the top 10 things to do in order to successfully cultivate a relationship with yourself from my perspective. I am not in any means an expert in the matter. I just feel like these are the things that I have come up with that have proven to be successful for me. Number one, this is crucial. The same amount of attention that you give to bettering friendships and other relationships, give that effort to making yourself better. There is no way, no how, no rhyme or reason to the fact that you would ever consider giving a relationship with someone else more attention than you you would give loving on, appreciating, building up and developing, motivating yourself to be better. You have to understand that you are your biggest cheerleader and you can be your worst enemy as well. Don't take from the source, if that makes sense. Like, it's great for you to motivate, inspire, encourage, push, influence, and everything else another person, but it's it speaks volume when you can do that for yourself. So make sure that the time and energy that you're putting into making sure someone's not angry with you, making sure someone understands what you're trying to say, making sure that your energy with another person is pure, make sure that you, you're doing those things with yourself because sometimes we can lie to ourselves. Sometimes we can overlook the truth. Sometimes our coping mechanisms allow us to create 
this fantasy or facade that we really know doesn't exist, but we convince ourselves that it does. So just take some time to make sure that your relationship with you is just as amazing as any other relationship that you care to pour into. And that's most important when you're in a relationship with your boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, side nigga, side female, side who, whatever. Make sure you're giving yourself that same amount of energy because I do we I do feel like when we get into those kinds of relationships, I want him to be happy. I want to meet his needs. Okay, make sure you're happy. Make sure you're you're meeting all of your needs as well. Number two, understand that your happiness is essential in any interaction. I preach this sermon to anybody that I come in contact with. I support any decision that my friends, family, a perfect stranger would make as long as it speaks to their happiness. If you are happy, then do it. If you are not happy, don't do it. And and that's just it. Like you have to understand that if it doesn't make you happy, it's not healthy for you. If it doesn't make you happy, it's not the best decision for you. Now, I do understand that oftentimes in life, we have to make decisions that we're not happy about, but it's the best situation for our circumstance. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the things that you allow, the things that you encounter, what you allow into your space, what you allow into your sacred place. Would you allow just to be a part of your day-to-day existence? If it doesn't make you happy, do what you have to do to eliminate it, remove it, replace it, whatever tactic you need. Make sure that happiness is the goal each and every day. Number three, self-development activities such as writing, reading, and exploring new and pre-existing interests. I love to read. Reading is a fun thing for me. That might not be for you. Um, Some people enjoy shopping, right? Um, For some people, it is decorating their home. For some people, it could be buying a new car, making a major purchase um, that you can be proud of. I mean, take it further, you know, new activities. Sometimes there are activities that you can appreciate that you might have never even considered. You know, go do something that's completely out of the norm for you, that thrill, that adrenaline, just to do something fun and exciting and learn something about yourself. You know, pushing yourself to those places that you probably wouldn't go otherwise. You learn so much about yourself when you get into that vulnerable state. Number four. Always assess your confidence and self-esteem, and if there are shortcomings, make an effort to increase and solidify your belief in you. So I find that for me, I find myself to be pretty confident and have a strong sense of self-esteem. There are certain aspects of my life that I do feel like I begin to question myself, and I do begin to question, like, do I have what it takes? You know, that kind of second-guessing process that we oftentimes go through. For me, I can be transparent and say when I was looking for a job, that's probably when it happened most frequently for me. I would get a phone call from a job that I applied and they were interested. I would have a phone interview and then, you know, you have to wait to see if you actually um, have been chosen for the face-to-face interview or any follow-up after that. And I feel like the waiting phase always made me very vulnerable, very uncomfortable. And then I start to question, did I say the right things in there? Am I really up for this kind of task? And I used to do that so much back and forth with myself, even with my new job that I just received. 
I second guessed myself up until maybe like three days before my interview. And then I convinced myself that if they've considered me this far, I have to be a good catch for some reason. And so for me, I realized that I, I went from a point of being confident when I submitted the application saying they're going to call me back. They did. And then when I got the call, then I feel like I started to notice my confidence decreasing because then I was questioning, am I really up for it? And I guess at that point, you really have to understand when it comes to your confidence and your self-esteem, there are a lot of people that can pour into you, but you really have to believe it, number one, and you have to believe in yourself. So to me, it was about tapping into what I know I can do, what I'm capable of, what I'm able to carry day to day, and really just motivating myself to do what it was that I needed to do. Number five. Set your goals and develop a plan to achieve all of them and and establish a plan where you serve as your own motivation. I have found for myself, so of course, I write monthly goals at the beginning of every month. I go through periodically and check things off. At the end of the month, I review what I've done, what I haven't done. If I've made progress toward completing one, then I will notate that as well. I try to make sure that these goals are goals that do not require the inclusion of anyone else because I want to confidently say that I have developed a plan for myself and executed it successfully. I take pride in saying I'm going to do something and actually going through with it. Although sometimes I'm pretty slack and I'll be like, I can be transparent about it. There are some things that have transferred for about three months. Those are the things that I'm not really interested in doing, but I know that they need to be done at some point. Um, I'll be honest and say that every goal that you write won't be exciting. Every goal that you identify as a need won't be something that fuels your passion at all. Sometimes there are things that you need to do to get to where you can do the things that you want to do. And I understand that. And of course, that requires a different level of commitment and discipline. And I'm working on that. And that's one of my goals as well. So for me, I I feel like it's important to really write out your goals, write out monthly goals, write out, you know, short term goals that might span across about three months and then write next year this time, I would like to do this or have done this and what have you, whatever it is, just make sure that like you're writing this plan and you're doing everything that you can do to make it happen. Because oftentimes if we set goals and we include other people, we become disappointed because we fall short because we've been waiting on them to do something. So for me, I, I find great pleasure in setting out a plan for myself that depends on me because I can avoid the disappointment of someone else not pulling through with what they said they would do. Number six, this is real important, y'all. Prioritize self-care, whatever self-care is for you. For me, it's get my nails done, get my hair done, going shopping, my monthly waxing, um, I don't know, putting on some makeup sometime and just getting cute and going somewhere. Um, girl time for me is also self-care because it just allows me to, you know, have those crucial conversations with people that like will pour into me. And I know that a lot of this is about loving yourself, but I feel like one of the major things about self-care is putting yourself in those environments and experiences that fuel you, those things that make you happy, those things that you look forward to, whatever that is can be categorized as self-care. Number seven, 
accept yourself as you are. It's important to really be able to take a moment and look at yourself in the mirror, identify the good, bad, ugly, and everything else in between, and appreciate that for what it is. Because if you continue to try to see yourself as someone you're not, you will slowly but surely fall out of love with yourself. And the relationship that you have with yourself will really be something that might not even exist. So for me, I always like to look at myself from a positive negative standpoint and even understand that sometimes the negative aspects of who you are are good for your circumstances. Sometimes everything negative isn't always bad for you because it could just be a coping mechanism. And if that's your coping mechanism right now, if you don't have another one, then it means that whatever these barriers that you're trying to prevent yourself from, whatever they are, whenever they come in contact with you again, you'll fall apart next time. Now, for me, I look at my negatives as means of improvement. So in that regard, I'm still accepting myself for who I am, but I'm understanding that there are things that I have to change about myself to be better for me. And so make sure that you can look at yourself and be okay with who you are right now if you never made a change. But in my opinion, accepting yourself for who you are is also understanding that you have to make changes, allowing that change process to occur and not necessarily beating yourself up about it if you fall short or you don't make the changes as quickly as you probably wanted to. Number eight, which I kind of already covered, identify areas of improvement and adjust when you're ready. So the important part about that is to make sure that although we understand that these are ways that we need to improve. These are ways that we can be better. We have to give ourselves the time to, number one, accept the fact that that's a wrong thing because when you're accepting yourself as who you are, you kind of accept the flaws and all, and, and maybe you don't even look at it as a shortcoming initially. So identifying it as a shortcoming, really understanding why it's a shortcoming, tapping into how you can make this thing better or how you can eliminate this as a habit or behavior of yours altogether and then executing that plan whatever that might be i just think the important part is to not rush yourself through the process of change because change takes time it took a very long time for you to become the person that you are right now and it will take some time to evolve into this new person that you will be at some point number nine develop a contingency plan in the face of crisis Understand that things will go wrong. Sometimes you can be prepared and other times you cannot. For me, I try to expect the worst in a lot of things. And I know that's not a good thing. I'm really not a pessimist, but I am to a certain degree. I, it's just from a planning perspective. It's, if this goes wrong, then I can do this. If this goes this way, if this happens, it's pretty much an if-then approach to your lifestyle. And so for me, I found that I protect myself from, from those kinds of failures or unfortunate events by somehow being prepared and somehow thinking through, if this happens, this is probably what I could do. Now, of course, there's some things that I don't really give the contingency approach, but I do feel like having a contingency plan just allows you to be a little more assertive about how you handle life. We know that crisis will come, so we can be a little bit more prepared for it the next time it comes around. Number 10, love yourself unconditionally without reservation you are your own best friend and you always have the best interest of you available 
y'all, when I say I love Jessica, Jessica is mean, Jessica is crazy, sometimes Jessica is irrational, Jessica is a little blunt, Jessica can be a little dry sometimes, but Jessica is extremely loving if she cares about you, Jessica is extremely supportive if you're in her life, Jessica wants the best for everyone, Jessica is really always here just to be there like I'm really not that person that wants things from other people I'm really not that person that's always trying to get something sometimes I just appreciate the presence of people and I value the decision that people make to be in my life because I understand at this point in my adult life that anybody that's present in my life they've made a decision to be here and I respect that and I honor that and so I try to reciprocate that kind of support if you will however when everybody's busy, everybody has their own things going on, life is happening for people, or it's just bad timing for whatever reason, at that moment, when I need something or someone, sometimes that only person is me. And that's why I have to love on me, and I have to appreciate me, and value me, and honor me in such great stature that that wasn't the right word. I don't know. I, I really can't. My mind won't allow me to think of what the word is, but just honoring myself, respecting myself for who I am and just holding myself in high value, that's extremely important. And so I realized that me loving myself unconditionally is pretty much the only way that I can continue to cultivate a relationship with myself. My relationship with myself will be nothing if I didn't love myself. So I hope that Everyone that's listening today, I hope I've inspired you to just take a chance and enhance your relationship with yourself. Like, remember to establish new good habits, positivity 100% of the time. Self-perseverance is probably the largest goal on your list of things to do. Focus on your well-being before anything else. Practice forgiveness because harboring those kinds of feelings and emotions is pretty much dangerous to your existence over time establish new self-love habits enjoy some time alone like no phone no tv cancel out all the people in your life and give your chance give your give your mind and soul a chance to always reflect about any level of gratefulness and gratitude that you have and of course that always taps back into meditating and really giving God what's due because without him, we really wouldn't understand the value that we have. My relationship with God has really solidified my understanding of the kind of value that my existence presents. I am valued because God values me. And so because of that, the same way that he decides to keep me and cover me, I need to embrace that kind of approach with how I love myself, how I carry myself how I dictate this relationship with myself. So as always, I'm going to ask you all to like, share, comment, subscribe, leave a five-star review, hit my DMs. If you have my phone number, text me. Whatever you have to do, just give me your feedback. Let me know that I've inspired you. I appreciate all the feedback and the outpour of love and support that I've received thus far. And I hope that it will continue. I hope that this episode uplifted you as much as it did me. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. And I cannot wait to chat with you guys next time.